T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Zach, did you, get, did you think that nights like tonight were behind you guys after what you guys did last week? Shoot, obviously not. You know, it's frustrating, but, you know, you got to get ready to, you know, play another good team coming up and can't, uh, you know, can't play like this again. But the way you guys played last week, it was three, three games. Yeah, it was great, you know, but you got to be more consistent. We didn't do it tonight, so, you know, what was it for? Ouch. Some harsh realities coming out of the mouth of Zach Levine right there after the loss to the Houston Rockets. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Shanowski from ABC7, and host of the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast, Stacey King, now available on Odyssey app. Hanging out right here on 670 Score. You're, you're having a good time? I want to make sure I'm being yeah, a good Yeah, absolutely. We're having a good time. It's like uh, a lot of the people that I used to work with. Yeah. Old home week. Look at that. This is fun. And now we get to bring on somebody else. That That's right. Is one of your Big family Will. members. Uh, joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino, Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Here to talk a little bit of Bulls with us. Of course, we're talking about none other than Will Purdue. Will, what's going on, man? Gabe, Mark, it's good to talk to you today. Hey, the sun is actually out. The temperature's going up. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be mean, sun, sun, nope. sundresses and tank tops tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be 50 sun. You know, you know how <laughs> it's going to be like are. 50, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's going to be crazy. But Chicago will do that to you right before it hits you with a bunch with a bunch more days, you know, and some negative weather. It'll do that. It'll give you that one spike out of nowhere. Well, uh, always a reminder by Mother Nature. That's right. Uh, Bulls dealing with a spike um, about a week ago during their three-game win streak. Of course, uh, then that ending against the Houston Rockets. Bulls taking on the Milwaukee Bucks today. Will, who do you think the Bulls are more like? Is it the, the team that won the three in a row or the team that lost a couple before that? Well, Gabe, that's, an, that's a great question because I wish I could answer it for you. <laughs> or, or are they just the same team? It's still the same team winning and losing those games. Yes. You know, it's kind of funny. You heard Zach in that clip that you guys used talk about consistency. Billy's been asking for that all season. And unfortunately – if you close your eyes and you listen to what he had to say, they were saying the same exact thing last year. You know, they're just trying to find that consistency, trying to find that effort. But the biggest thing for me is what happened on Monday. That's something that actually you as players, you control. It's not like it was something that was uncontrollable and it just happened out of nowhere. You know, it's, that's the thing. You used the clip where he's talking about consistency, but he also talked about how that team came out and played harder than they did. They wanted it more. And that's where you kind of, you know, you kind of cock your head back and you're like, what? How, how is that possible? That should never happen, especially 
considering the things that have happened leading up to that game. I know you just had three huge wins, huge wins, responded to a, uh, getting your butt kicked by the Minnesota Timberwolves, giving up 155 points, and you responded. I mean, that's – and you basically – and that's the one thing Mark and I have talked about in years past when we were doing, you know, pre-half and post. You know, you kind of telling yourself about how good you can be when you put forth the effort. And that's what they told us during that three-game span. That's what they've told us when they played Boston, Milwaukee, you know, some of the better teams this year as they flipped the script from last year. But we keep asking the question, why is that not sustainable by this team? And that's what we can't seem to figure out. And at the moment, it doesn't seem like they can figure it out either. You know, well, sometimes we kind of glaze over. Uh, coaches speak so often to the media. You know, they're uh, after shoot around, after practices, before games, after games. It sometimes just deteriorates into the same old coach speak over and over again. But Billy Donovan has been remarkably candid, especially in recent weeks, where he's talked about the fact that last year they won so many close games. He says, well, you know, we got lucky with those two shots DeMar hit, you know, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, and you can't sustain that over the course of 82 games. And it, and it's almost like what he's saying is we need to change the roster. What, what did you read into those comments? It's almost like he was saying, well, we really weren't that good last year, so I kind of expected all this. Why didn't they change the roster, and you think there's changes coming? Well, you know, it's kind of funny you bring that up, Mark, because, you know, we always joke that coaches are like chicken little. You win 12 in a row, but all they can focus on is the thing, the mistakes you made during that 12-game winning streak because, you know, they're always out there hunting for that perfect game, for perfection, for improvement, regardless, you know, of the outcome. And we knew what the, what the weaknesses of this team were going into the summer, you know, teams being able to get to the rim. You know, the lack of outside shooting. They didn't address those. They talked about continuity. Now, if everybody was healthy, we'd be able to answer that question. But the biggest thing that they relied on was, you know, the doctors saying that, hey, that surgery for Alonzo Ball went really well. He should respond. And they were like, okay. So they had every expectation, to my understanding, is he wasn't going to start the season playing, but they fully hoped that he'd be playing by now or be in a position to where he's just around the corner from playing. And we're now in a situation where we don't know when he's going to play, if he's going to play. But that being said, I like what you, you're, you're asking, Mark, in the sense that we've looked at this team and we see what they are and who they can be. But it seems like they keep reverting back to you know, a team that they shouldn't be. And if that's the case, then you have to ask yourself the question, you know, is the only way to answer that and to eliminate that is to make some changes in the roster? But what, because, you know, Arturis hasn't spoken, Mark hasn't spoken, and I doubt they really will, we don't really have any idea. They're, they've left Billy to kind of answer those questions, and I think, unfortunately for him, you know, he's dodging bullets while he's also trying to coach <laughs> at the same time about what the future looks like. We're talking to Will Purdue right here on 670. The score, Gabe Ramirez, Mark Schnowski filling in for Parkins and Spiegel. I think we got to ask ourselves, though, and look back and say, what was the goal of the Bulls with those moves and additions, right? When they brought in Vooch March 2021, when they bring in Lonzo and DeMar, I mean, what was it for them to be relevant again and be playing playoff basketball? Or 
do you think they thought in their minds that the ceiling was a championship with that with with those moves? Well, I don't think they thought that these specific moves were going to win them a championship. What I thought they think, and I think they still believe they were doing, is making the team better in increments, step-by-step, improving the roster, bringing in better talent. And I think they did that. I know a lot of people, you know, don't like the Vooch trade. And when you look at it now and you're kind of like, eh, you know, look how good Lowry's playing. Look how good, you know, Wendell Carter Jr.'s playing. But you got to remember what happened, why those guys were here. And when they were able to eliminate themselves from that situation by going to other organizations, they were able to do what they we had hoped that they would do here. But it's just sometimes, you know, things just don't work out for players in a specific organization. And, you know, the thing is, they did get better. And one of the things, and I have to mention this, they did improve the bench. You know, Goran Dragic has helped. Um, you know, I think the bench as a whole is better than it was last year. Drummond's been a huge uh, improvement on the boards. But what we didn't see was is, you know, we, can't, we don't have that continuity, and what we don't have is that killer instinct on defense. Uh, you know, Mark's been around for a long time. He's watched the championship teams, and you just you see how hard – um, the Milwaukee's and the Boston's uh, teams that you really consider to be contenders, how hard they play on the defensive end during games when their offense is struggling because they find ways to stay in the game on the defensive end of the floor. And that's where we're hoping that this team figures out. Don't let your performance on the offense affect your effort on the defense. Those two things are totally separate. The thing that's been mind-numbing for me is the Bulls have had some success against good teams. They've beaten Boston twice. They've beaten Miami twice. They beat Milwaukee earlier this season up at the Pfizer Forum. They get the Bucks again tonight. Bucks are coming in limping without Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday. So a, a, an opportunity for the Bulls to maybe get a second win over Milwaukee. But yet, they're 3-8 and eight against teams under 500, and some of those losses have just been looking like they're just not ready to go. Uh, you've played on a lot of good teams. You played on, on that bad team in San Antonio before Tim Duncan arrived. What 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 is going on internally that leads to that kind of equation where you can beat the good teams, but you lose to the bad teams? That's that's the million-dollar question, Mark. And I'm just this is just an example of what I experienced as a player, not only in Chicago, but in San Antonio. I keep talking about this on, you know, uh, the pre and halftime uh, and post game show about who's the agitator, who's the guy on this team that doesn't care whether you like him or not. All he cares about is two things. One, do you respect me for what I'm trying to do to help you help yourself? And two, let's just win games. Okay. I know these guys keep talking about how much they get along, how much they like each other. That's great. But I tell you what, man, when, I, I learned real quick, Mark, and I'm sure you you remember the stories and when you guys used to be able to watch practices before, you know, Phil dropped the curtain. <laughs> I mean, the fights in practice, the guys having to be separated because, you know, we went at it. We went hard. I mean, it was personal, you know, and I don't – I just – I'm not in this locker room. These are good guys, but, you know, and practice is different now. You just don't get a chance to play a lot of five-on-five, but – you know, I remember talking to B.J. Armstrong and Dennis Hobson and Craig Hodges, and, you know, we'd step on the floor talking a lot of trash because 
you know, we wanted to beat that first unit, not only to push them to make them better, but because we thought we were just as good and we could beat them. And occasionally we would. And, man, those guys would be pissed. And then they would come right back at us the next day. And, you know, and that's what made the game so easy. I don't want to say easy, but what that helped a lot with our success in the games was because of how hard we went in practice. And I'm just – I know the big thing now is rest. And, you know, it's just our guys taking the competition in practice just as personal as they are when they step on the floor in games. And the question is, I don't know, you get off days, you, you – your practices now consist of walkthroughs and shooting, and you just don't have that ability to have those practices where, you know, guys are really going at it. And, you know, the interesting thing is, Mark, you brought it up. You didn't say this specifically, but, you know, everybody talked about the altercation in the locker room, you know, after Minnesota. And I was just like, what took so long? We had so many freaking altercations back in the day when guys had to be separated because of how personal it was, the pride that guys had and how hard they wanted to play. And when some, if you were playing your ass off and somebody else wasn't, you used to see guys getting in other guys' faces all the time. Hey, speaking to Phil Jackson and those difficult uh, practices you went through, uh, we've been talking a lot about our Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast and, and Stacy's storytelling. And he told that story about working out against Phil Jackson before the draft and elbowing Phil in the neck and all that. You came to the Bulls the year before out of Vanderbilt. Did you have to go one-on-one with Phil Jackson before the Bulls uh, drafted you, number one? No, I did not. I, I, you know, as they say, hindsight's twenty twenty. I wish I would have had that opportunity, <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, uh, I did not have that. But, uh, you know, the, one, the, the interesting thing I had to do You know, everybody's heard the stories about how, you know, Jerry brings you in at midnight because he didn't want anybody in the multiplex, didn't want anybody (laughs) to to see him. But, Mark, what was the guy's name that was the assistant GM? Eventually, Billy, what was Billy McKinney? Billy McKinney. Yeah. And I kid you not, this was one of the things. Billy McKinney used to be able to throw a knuckleball with the basketball. (laughs) And he was like, guys that don't have good hands can't catch it. So he stood at half court and kept throwing these knuckleballs at me, and I had to move. I had to slide and catch it, and I kept catching. And he goes, "Oh, this big man's got some soft hands." And I was like, "You're really telling me that guys can't catch this?" He goes, "Oh no, man, because the ball doesn't spin; it totally screws them up." And that was one of the. I was like, "Are you playing with me?" He goes, "No, Jerry really likes me to do that to see what these guys, you know." So Jerry had some unorthodox methods, yeah. but I think that uh, he knew what he was doing. It worked. Well, Stacy still thinks that's why he got yanked in and out of the rotation because he elbowed Phil in the neck. Um, I, I would have a tendency to believe some of that because I'm <laughs> sure hilarious. Phil thinks he did it intentionally. <laughs> of course he did. That's what he's. Th- that's exactly what he's thinking about. Will Purdue hanging out with us here on 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Shanowski filling in for Parkins and Spiegel. Uh, what are you expecting tonight uh, against Milwaukee, Will? Well, considering the nature of how the game went down against Houston – and, you know, if you go back to that three-game win streak where we talked about, they, you know, they won the first quarter in each one of those games. I fully expect them to come out. You know, you heard uh, DeMar talk about it post-game. We've got to approach the first quarter like it's the fourth quarter. You know, you've got to come out with your hair on fire, you're desperate. You know, you've got to send a message to Milwaukee tonight that, hey, what happened on Monday is not us. The team you're playing tonight is the team that beat you in Milwaukee back on November 23rd. So strap on the boots, and, you're, and if you are going to beat us, 
you're going to have to earn it. We're not just going to give it to you. We're not going to run up and down the floor. And, you know, Minnesota scored 155. Houston scored 123. That's not happening tonight. You know, so that's fully what I expect. And then we're going to, you know, we're all going to applaud and enjoy the game and have a great time. And then they're just going to look at us and go, what? What? Is there a problem? We told you guys we could beat the better teams. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean that that whole stat about beating good teams and, and losing to bad teams has got to be so frustrating for everybody associated with the organization. Hey, Gabe, uh, I've gotten the band back together somewhat. Will oh. and myself and Kendall, we've been working on the Windy City Bulls games, which are televised on NBC Sports Chicago. A good majority of them are live, but some are air after the Bulls games if there's a conflict. Will, what do you think about that whole developmental system? What, you've had a chance to call a couple of games. What do you think about the G League and, and, and how the Bulls are using it to try to develop some of their young guys? I think it's a great idea. I mean, I, you, you know, you've seen Dale and Terry has used yeah. that to his advantage. He's not playing. So he volunteered. He stepped up and said, hey, send me to Windy City. Let me play. Let me work on my game. Let me get some minutes. Let me get the reps. I mean, I think about that. You know, we had this, this – the, the CBA when I played, but you didn't necessarily have affiliations with teams like you do now with the G League. And I think about, I think I played a total of 183 minutes my, my rookie year. And I, wow. I think about, man, I would have loved to have a minor league system, a G League like they have now, where I could have walked in and said, hey, send me to the G League. Let me, you know, during the week, let me go down and play with them, but allow me to still be on the roster and I'll be there. You know, because you think about it, my rookie year, we had, Bill Cartwright and Dave Corzine, two established veterans, you know, that could still contribute. And I, there weren't just, there weren't a lot of minutes for me to play. And I wish they would have had that. So I could have done that, but I'm glad you brought that up. Cause there's a guy that Kendall and I really like, and I think you like him too. Um, I wish, you know, he's a two way player now, Carly Jones. Yeah. He's been great. I think he could honestly, considering, you know, what's going on, I think he's a guy that could could help them in spot minutes because I think he's, to me, he is an old school facilitator type point guard in the sense that he looks to pass first and shoot second, and those guys are few and far between in the game now. But will who 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 would he be taking minutes away from? I mean, obviously, Bulls need that kind of presence out there, but who who then suffers as a result of it? Well, I don't know if it's about who suffers, but the one thing that Billy has proven, and he's talked about. I don't have a rotation yet. I'm still trying to figure out my yeah. rotation. So when he's out there, you know, trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together and, you know, listen, I'm not saying it's going to be IO's minutes, but you've had games where Goran's just not shooting the ball well, or he, for lack of a better term, kind of looks his age or IO for whatever reason is struggling in a game. Or Caruso's you got hurt. Carleek sitting down there, you know, or hurt, you know, you can put him in for, and like I said, Spot minutes. You're starting to see him do that with Dale and Terry now. You know, Dalen's struggling on the offensive end. He doesn't have much of a shot. I think that's going to come. But the one thing is, when you put him in the game, you know what you're going to get. Energy, and he's going to bust his ass on the defensive end of the floor. And even if it's only for two or three minutes, I'm not saying, hey, we need these guys to play six, eight, ten-minute stints. I'm just talking about spot minutes where they do something that has a positive effect on the game, whether it's a deflection, a steal, you know, uh, a great assist. You just get the guys in their offense and, you know, put them in their spots and run it. I mean, it's just, that's the other thing that's a little frustrating too, because of the injuries, Billy doesn't have a set rotation. And, you know, they even, it's kind of funny. 
and I, I mean, you can only laugh, but it was almost like they mentioned in that Houston game that the defense was so poor, they were just throwing stuff against the wall and see what sticks. They literally were changing the defense every time down the floor. And it, unfortunately, nothing seemed like it worked. Yeah, getting Dalen Terry in there. I mean, you know you're going to get a guy that could help off the ball that's going to work hard to get back on a rotation, and that's yeah. why you throw him in just to – Maybe get a couple steals, a couple fast breaks. I love baskets. him. I love him in the open court. I love watching him play. I love how he distributes the ball. Uh, so it's it's good to see his continued growth. Will, appreciate you hanging out with me today. Have a great day, a great time at the game. Well, we're looking forward to it. I think they'll play much better, and I just want to wish all our listeners a uh, happy new year and uh, – Let's hope that uh, the Bulls can uh, close off 2022 on a good note. All right. Yeah, make sure to check out the Windy City Bulls on NBC Sports Chicago. Will and Kendall and I doing the games, getting the band back together again. Everything in this show today, Gabe, is six degrees of separation of Mark Shanowski. I'm trying that's, to, that's, I'm that's trying what the show is all I'm about I'm trying to today. wiggle my way into that circle right there. So. Hey, you're in it now. <laughs> now I am. Yeah, I got stories now. <laughs> hey, Will, thanks for hanging out. Have a go, and I'll see you at uh, Celeste right, Disco guys. for New Year's. All right, yeah. Oh, yes, sir. All right, take it easy. Thanks, Will. Uh, Will Purdue hanging out with us right here on six seventy. The score it is. It's like uh, yeah. it's like a. This is your life. <laughs> well, our producer Adam was so kind. He said, "What kind of guests would you like to have?" Yeah. And I gave him a few, <laughs> and thankfully up. they all showed up. Yeah. So that, that's great. I appreciate that's that. That's a great thing. Oh, well, we got a lot more to go for you guys. A lot more guests to hang out with Gabe and Mark Shinowski here on 670 The Score. Uh, on the other side, we're going to talk a little bit about your podcast, Give Me the Hot Sauce Podcast with you and Stacey King. And you mentioned that there was a guest you had on recently told a phenomenal story yeah. about Stuart Scott. So You're going to want to hear that. Uh, we're going to want to hear that. It's coming from the mouth of Dan Patrick. Do not go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Shinowski, filling in for Parkinson Spiegel right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com in the maelstrom of podcasts that you can see on a, yeah. on a given site to, to pick one that stands out. So we're hoping people will give it a sample, and if they like it, uh, subscribe and listen on a regular basis. So, you know, people are very terrible at Googling, Mark. What would you say that the, the words they should use to, to, go, to type in in the search bar? Is it- well, I think one of the hardest things is, is what do you do with gimme? You know, because you know, we toy with the idea of calling it "give me the hot sauce," but no. that's taken. The no, call is trash. "give me the hot yeah, sauce." Yeah, yeah. So, "give me" is G I M M E in our speak. So, it's "give me the hot sauce." Yeah, like hot sauce. And and Stacy <laughs> now has his own line of organic hot sauces, okay. which they just recently made a, a deal with uh, Jewel. Oh, they're nice. going to appear in Jewel food stores nice. uh, coming up in the new year. Are you a hot sauce guy? Not as much as Stacy is, okay. I mean, and Stacy's always giving out the hot sauce. But he's got uh, four different kinds. It's crazy, and it's all all great stuff, all organic. And people who have sampled it really enjoy it. Talk to me about the the podcast in terms of the, the layout, the format of it. Is it? I mean, are you guys you know 
just talking bulls? Is it, no, is it no. Stacy's that... a master of all sports and all things in life. He, he likes to talk about music. He'll talk. We'll talk about favorite TV shows and movies. Uh, he's a big fan of UFC, so we'll talk about okay. big fight cards coming up. Uh, he he uh, he sprays to all fields. There's no question about it. He coached youth baseball when his boys were growing up, so he considers himself somewhat of an expert on baseball of too. He does. <laughs> um, has opinions on Justin Fields and the Bears. So just about anything, uh, especially when Oklahoma's doing well, whether it's football or basketball, they're always going to get some mentions as well. But normally the format of the show is we'll talk Bulls NBA off the top, then we'll bring in a guest for 20, 25 minutes to hear what they have to say about whether it's uh, – basketball, football, baseball, or, or just uh, entertainment. You know, we'll, we've had guests from all walks of life. And then the third segment is usually a catch-all where we'll just have some fun. I love it. Uh, give me the Hot Sauce Podcast. You can listen to it on the Odyssey app. Make sure you guys download it. And uh, when you search, it's G G I M M E. Right. You got, just so you can right. get that right. Uh, you mentioned that you guys have guests on the show. You mentioned that Doris Burke is going to be one that you have Yeah, we're going to tape a show with Dor- Doris Burke tomorrow. And then you also mentioned that you guys had Dan Patrick on recently. Yeah, we had Dan pa- Stacy said he had been on Dan Patrick's show a couple of times uh, as a guest talking about the Bulls and things in the NBA. So he's, he reached out to Dan to see if he'd be willing to come on. And, and Dan instantly said, yeah, sure, I'd love to. So you never know when you book a big-time national guest how open they're going to be and how candid they're going to be when you talk about certain topics. And, you know, he talked about his partnership with Keith Olbermann. He said that ESPN basically was kind of holding them back a little bit because they didn't want – Chris Berman had become so popular that they didn't want another Berman. Take away from him. Yeah, so it's like he said they, they really didn't promote that show as well as they thought they would. He talked about how the, the, the whole big show thing came about, that it was, it was really kind of making fun of the whole the whole concept. That's so funny. <laughs> and this is Sports Center. They used yeah. to have fun fun with that. So, this. Uh, yeah. So he, he, he told a great story about uh, Jim Valvano, that Dan's father had died of – cancer so he he said he kind of deliberately didn't want to get too close to Jim because he when Jim was diagnosed that that he knew that the ending wow. probably was not going to be good so he tells a story about how Jim uh, asked him about his father's experience with cancer and he goes well what was the prognosis and uh, Dan said well they told him that he had like six months to live and, and Jim asked him well, how long did he live and, and Dan said about six months and he said immediately Jim's heart just sank because ah. he knew that the diagnosis he got was Similar. which was terminal was probably going yeah. to be accurate and and his last request for Dan was make sure when you report my death that uh, you pick a good picture for the over the shoulder graphic <laughs> and and you know um, you know almost brought Dan to tears but you know another unfortunate uh, personality that we lost Stuart Scott to cancer um, you know he was a guy that was so popular, so trendsetting with his his methods of delivery. But the one thing that people didn't know, and again, going back to my original point about you never know how candid people are going to be. Stacy sure. just asked him what what his relationship was with Stuart Scott, thinking we'd get all flowers and bouquets, but it went a different direction. So take a listen to what this innocent question when Stacy asked him simply, what was your relationship like with Stuart Scott? What was yeah. your relationship with Stu? I didn't have a good relationship at all. Uh, we were extremely competitive with one another. Um, and, but I mean, we were never going to change and it's not that we didn't respect each other. I mean, what he did at the ESPYs that, you know, his final year when he, when he got the Jim Valvano award, I mean, that's one of the most remarkable moments in my life that I saw that. And what he did and, and how he became something more than just his sports center anchor. 
But we competed. I mean, he thought he was every bit as good as me. He wanted the 11 o'clock sports center. He wanted to be doing the NBA finals. I was doing it, you know, when, when you guys were winning championships. It became, we played flag football. He would tape up his ankles. He, oh, he wanted to, he was competitive. We played basketball one time. And this will give you an idea of how we both were with one another. And I, the guys on uh, ESPN News Sports Center said, come on, come out and play. And I could play a little bit. I just didn't want to play anymore. You know, okay. somebody undercut you, somebody found yeah. you. I just did, you know. So I said, all right, I'll, if, if you promise, Jason Jackson, Scott Van Pelt, these guys, I said, if we can just run up and down the floor, that's and I can sweat and shoot a couple jumpers, great. They said, we, we promise you that. I said, I don't want somebody picking me up 94 feet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I show up, and Stuya has got Air Jordans. He's got Mike's, you know, Air Jordan jersey. He's got uh, goggles. He's got sweat pants <laughs> on. I mean, he's 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 ready to go, and I'll be damned if he doesn't pick me up full court. <laughs> and I got so mad at him at one point. And I'm dribbling on the right side, and I'm dribbling with my left hand. I said, where do you want me to f*** for on you? <laughs> that is a great story. And Dan was an accomplished high school basketball player and still a, a great shooter. He tells a story, too, about how he had a – he had a shooting contest with Dan Marley during the finals in 93 where he was dressed up in a suit and he was in his stocking feet shooting threes against Dan Marley and ended up beating him, Magic which, was, which was pretty remarkable. But that, that wasn't even the, the entire story about Stuart Scott. He says as the game continued, Stuart Scott took a hard foul on him and, and Dan fell down and, and actually hurt his hip to the point where he was actually limping. But he wanted to stay in the game to. and end up making the winning shot over oh, Stuart really? Scott. And he said afterwards, <laughs> he drove to the hospital to get himself checked out. This is like in the, in, in the early afternoon. And he said that, he said, damn, if I wasn't going to drive back and do the 11 o'clock sports center, because if I didn't, wasn't able to make give it, it to him, Stuart would have done it. And I wasn't going to let him host that show. So, you know, in this business, there's, there's large egos, there's huge competition. But, you know, Dan went on to say that obviously uh, he and Stuart got – reconciled and got got really close at the end and and Dan said that he had so much respect for him because he wanted all the things that, that Dan had accomplished and that was just a natural part of what we have in this, this broadcasting business people are always competing for the best roles the best assignments and you could imagine at a national network like ESPN where they had rights to just about everything I mean Dan was covering the Bulls during the during the hiatus of their six championships he was there interviewing Michael Jordan after games and and naturally, that's that's an assignment that that any young broadcaster would covet. Yeah, I think you know, iron sharpens iron, and you mm-hmm. would like it to be a situation where two guys who are working at, you know, an iconic space to kind of get along. And it's, but you're right in this business, it, it just isn't like that. But it's good to hear them, you know, reconcile. But what a great story in between it. So you guys get a ton of those kinds of things right. where people open up personally, kind of give you stories. And uh, I, I can't say it enough, though. But you're 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 giving your stuff too, because you got You're like a, your own encyclopedia of knowledge. <laughs> well, I've been doing this too. for a long time. That's what I'm so saying. you know, some people have asked if you're going to write a book, and, and it, it sounds appealing in some areas, but it's a lot of work. So yeah, you know, I know Chuck Swirsky's on the book Chuck's. trail right now. Yeah, <laughs> so, we so we put a lot of a lot of time and effort into that. But you know, when you've worked for a long time in this business, that you've run across so many fascinating people. 
know, I had a chance to work with the great Norm Van Leer for a number of years doing pre and Storm post and at Comcast Sportsnet. And you talk about a one of a kind guy, you know, his life, uh, going partying with Mick Jagger and stuff and <laughs> hanging out with the guys from Chicago. Uh, he was he was an original and uh, and was gone way too soon. I know he had a stint here at the score as well. And we uh, we love Norm. We, we, we miss him every day. Legendary guys mm-hmm. up and down. So uh, we just right want to remind people if they want to check out the entire interview with Dan Patrick, all our shows are always on the library. Go to the Odyssey app. We're also on YouTube. You can check it out if you want to watch the show. So that's uh, you should def- definitely check out uh, the Dan Patrick interview. There's some, there's a lot of great stories in there. And Doris Burke is going to be our guest this week talking NBA. Going to be absolutely compelling stuff. Make sure you guys check it out. Give me the Hot Sauce podcast. Now available on the Odyssey app. He's Mark Schanowski. I'm Gabe Ramirez. We're filling in for Parkers and Spiegels today. And when we come back on the other side, we're going to uh, kind of shift a little bit to, to football because we got Telly Hughes joining us at the top of the hour to talk about some college football playoff championships. Who does he think will be the final two standing? Uh, We'll get that at the top of the hour and then some Bears talk on the other side. It's Gabe, it's Mark, it's 670 The Score. Three-time world championship. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Congratulations. Who gives a Afternoons on The Score. You said you wish you cherished it a little bit more when you were reflecting. Is there anything in particular or did you just mean big picture? Uh, I wish I would have danced a little bit or something. <laughs> John Moran or something. You know what I mean? We gave a little dance, but seriously, uh, you know how it is. You get older and you look back at it. And the times that I didn't go out to concerts or go to dinners, when I had all the time in the world to do that, that's something I didn't do. And that's something I would have cherished um, doing when I was um, yeah, when I was here. Derek Rose with a great question by Cody Westerlin right there. Yeah. Talking about. You know, what he would have done, and I know he just did an interview recently at, like, a barbershop or something, and they they asked him about him not dancing at that Eastern Conference All-Star game. It's like the song, we get the chance to dance, you dance, <laughs> yeah. right? So, but I don't think he was talking about that. I think he just yeah. meant dance in general on the court. But they asked him, and it was funny because he, he gave he tried to give the like politically correct answer, like, no, nah, you know, I just didn't feel like it in the moment. But he knew he looked at LeBron and Dwight and thought they were lame. That's really what it was. Well, he said he didn't know that they were going to do it. But then, but then when he saw him doing it, he just said, in Chicago, we just don't do that. <laughs> Which I love that he said that. That's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Shanowski right here on 670. The score filling in for Parkins and Spiegel. Um, obviously, you had an up-close and personal experience with the D-Rose run with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, what do you think about the conversations that people are having as to whether or not you know his numbers should be in the rafters at the United Center? I think his numbers should definitely be in the rafters. You know, the youngest MVP in NBA history – all the things that he did for the team, he really transcended uh, the the run-of-the-mill NBA life when he was in Chicago. And, you know, it's sad that he never reached his full potential because of the injuries. Obviously, he, he was the MVP, so he, I guess that's the maybe the wrong way of putting it. But he wasn't able to reach the pinnacle in terms of winning a championship, leading his hometown team, which he said from day one when he was drafted. He wants to bring a championship yeah. back to Chicago. Uh, they came close in 2011, but unfortunately he suffered that injury in the playoffs in 2012, and and, the, and his Bulls career was never the same. Some people during that time you know, were critical about him taking the entire year off, and then he came back, played 10 games, and uh, hurt the other knee. So it was, it was just a, a star-crossed kind of adventure for Derrick Rose here, and he made some comments, unfortunate, uh, off the court that people took uh, harshly and, and criticized him for that. But now I think as time has progressed – 
You saw the reception he got when he came in late in that uh, game at the United Center recently. He got a standing ovation when he came in to play garbage time. And, you know, it's sad when you think about how great Derrick Rose was for him to be playing mop-up minutes for Tom Thibodeau. Because yeah, Tom Thibodeau guy. was the guy that, you know, he rescued him, brought him to Minnesota, and really kind of kick-started Derrick Rose's career again. And now, you know, he's, he had a couple of really good years with the Knicks, but they're going with some younger guys now. They've been successful, and Derek is out of the rotation. There's been talk that he's available in trade. And, yeah. you know, you wonder if, if the Bulls ever hooked up on a, a large-scale trade with the Knicks, if Derek Rose might be included in that coming back. That'd be crazy, seeing Derek Rose in a Bulls jersey again. I mean, it'd be great. I think we'd all love it. But I think the reason why he gets those standing ovations consistently is because it's not just what he meant to the Bulls organization, but what he meant to the city, right? I think that, you know, there's so many people that – feel as though, you know, they're a Chicagoan and, and maybe the odds are stacked against them. But if they if they work hard like Derek, if they come through and put in the effort every single day, then they can be that, that rose that grew from the concrete. And I felt like he was he was just that for the organization. He talked a lot about not going out and not partying. And then there was one interview where he mentioned that he did that because he thought that's what Kobe did. He, yeah. said, he said, I thought Kobe tricked me. I thought he didn't. I thought he never went out. I thought he never <laughs> did any of these things. He's like, and then I realized later on in my career that you know he found that balance, but but it's good to see D Rose where he's at, just personally, like mentally. He got his family, you know, things are looking all right. He got his son, you know, growing up in front of our eyes. So it's good to see him just kind of, you know, we, we he seems the, happy, which is important. Yeah, you know, he had all his success at a very young age, but he was kind of uh, sheltered, kind of closed off in a lot of ways. I mean, he would do the required media stuff, but he never seemed to really enjoy it would never really open up in terms of giving you any insight into what was going on with him personally. But, uh, you know, just a, a marvelous player. And it's it's funny watching uh, John Morant now play with Memphis. He reminds me of Derrick Rose so in so much. many ways. You know, his game is over the rim, and he just throws his body at defenders. And and you just hope that Ja is able to avoid the, the injury history that, that Derrick, unfortunately, had to endure. Because Morant is probably to me, the most exciting player in the NBA right now. And this Memphis team is doing some great things. They're near the top of the Western Conference, if not number one right now. And they could be a team that could get to the finals, which would be pretty remarkable when you consider uh, where they were just a few years ago. So, you know, with Derek, you just hope that his career winds down the way he wants. You know, I I don't know if there'll be, you know, kind of thing where he signs a one-day contract and officially (laughs) retires as a bull. But I, I, I would love to see him maybe get a half a season at the end of his career to come back to Chicago I think that for Derek, though, it's not, I don't think that's important for him to have the, some ceremonial finish. He knows sure. he knows what he accomplished as a bull. I don't think that coming back in his mid-30s is really going to be the perfect ending to his story. Uh, I hope he gets a chance to find some meaningful role with the Knicks, and if not, maybe he gets a trade somewhere else where he can still show his talents because he improved as a three-point shooter, and really the last couple of years he was one of the more reliable players that Tom Thibodeau had. It's kind of sad that he's fallen out of the rotation, but – you know, professional sports is, is harsh, and, and sentimentality doesn't always play a part. Got to play the young guys. Uh, it's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Schanowski here on 670, The Score, talking about Derrick Rose. There were two, uh, one legend and one all right guy, KG and Paul Pierce. They had some kind words about Derrick Rose and, and what he went through uh, and, and how he performed during their series against the Boston Celtics. Rose Rondo, though, class Bro, rookie bros he was a problem he was a problem day one man and one. the one that the one thing that stood out about d rose right away was although he was quiet man he spoke the language he spoke the language he was built for it. he was built for the position he was built for Chicago. the moment he was built to have man. to go on his back like that like what? it did not shock what? me when he became mvp 
it didn't shock me. But I remember that that series was uh, fun to watch. Uh, it was it was miserable sitting there being able to do nothing. I was watching <laughs> our guys just fight. That that was a dog fight. D Rose actually thought, man, I can beat these guys by myself, man. <laughs> I, can, I I think I can beat them. Like he was coming off, he was playing like like that type of relentless in the league, not just us. Either. I was watching him throughout that whole year. Uh, but yeah, D Rose right away. I knew right away he was something special, and he was going to be something I ain't special. Never seen a point guard that athletic though. That explosive. But he did one of them games. I don't know which game it was, but he ah, when he, he did, did the, lay, the, the layup. The, 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 no, he did the oh, dunk on the yeah, breakaway oh, yeah, yeah, where he yeah, rocked yeah, it. He cradled yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then did like that. I was like, whoa, point guards is doing that now. It was like his his body control in the air was a different level, and his explosiveness. Was, was like nobody else. He had he, he had something else. He, he was he was different. He was on some different. <laughs> he looked different. It's really uh, when KG's cursing about you, you know you were a good NBA player. <laughs> That's how you know it was good. Uh, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce talking about Derrick Rose. Do you remember anything in particular from that series or just? Oh man, how, I, how I, I remember everything about that. The first game when he set a record or tied Kareem for the most points for a rookie in a playoff game. He had thirty six points. They won the first game at the Garden. And, you know, that series just went back and forth. All the overtime games, uh, the game where, where Ben Gordon and Ray Allen had, had a shootout. Ben, uh, he was Ben Jordan that day. I remember that. Yeah, I kept calling the, him. I think it was a double overtime game yep. they won at the United Center. Yep. And, and then, of course, Joakim Noah's uh, steal and dunk over uh, Paul Pierce in game six. Uh, yeah. You thought that anything could ha- anything was possible to quote Kevin Garnett, that maybe they could get that set, win in game seven in Boston. But unfortunately, it was not to be. But what a great series. People talk about that as one of the greatest uh, first-round series in NBA history. It was, it was remarkable. Just, just the back and forth and the outstanding play. I mean, people, you know, it's, it's kind of sad what's, what's happened with Ben Gordon personally uh, yeah. you know, in, in yeah. recent years, but he was a hell of a player for the Chicago Bulls. It was unfortunate that he left the way he did to go to Detroit, and he says that, he said it himself. He regretted, you know, making that decision. He wished he would have stayed with the team just for his own mental health. Yeah. Uh, but for his also for his career, but you know a lot of lot of lot of studs out there in, in Chicago land legend land. They talk about Kirk Heinrich. D- uh, Dwayne Wade just did an interview where he threw out Kirk's name and said that uh, he he guarded him better than anybody else. Yeah, in and in league. that series, Rajon Rondo took Heinrich into the into scores the table. So there was there was all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, John Salmon's a forgotten name in Chicago wow, Bulls history. Buckets. He was he was getting buckets in in yeah. those playoff series. So that was a that was a really entertaining uh, the series to watch. Original Demar Derozan, right there. Yeah, he was <laughs> like the king of the mid range. You just back you down, get in position <laughs> yeah. for that seventeen foot jump shot. And since this show is all about six degrees of separation yes. of Mark Shinowski, remember I covered Kevin Garnett in high school at Farragut, at Farragut? High School. He was the second best player on the team, the Ronnie great Fields. Ronnie Fields. Ronnie Fields could jump out of the gym. You know, people always say, oh, he had a 48 inch vertical, and most of that's exaggerated. Yeah. Ronnie Fields <laughs> legitimately had that kind of vertical. And you remember he was going to go to DePaul, yeah. got hurt in the auto accident. You just wonder what would have happened in his yeah. career. He's coaching youth basketball now. Is he really? I got a friend who's a referee and said, Ronnie oh, nice. has, has really got a nice program and, and, and is working with these young kids. And he coaches them hard, but, you know, he's doing a good job there. And, and then one of my claims to fame, you always have these talks about, uh, you know, celebrity encounters. I beat Kevin Garnett in Papa Shot. Stop it. I did. It's Papa Shot. I mean, you don't need any special skill. He couldn't fit into the rim. I think that, that might have been a problem. It was a tough reach. <laughs> I was hosting an appearance where he was going to be, and mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, they said, uh, we want you to 
go up against Play pop them. show with, with, and I'm like, oh, this will be a lot of fun. <laughs> he, you know, he didn't take it seriously, yeah. but uh, okay. but I beat him. Hey, hey, a win's you a win. Yeah. A win's a win. You put that on the record, but That's right. it's in the win column, not in the loss column. Uh, it's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Shanowski here on 670 to score, filling in for Parkins and Spiegel. There are some uh, really important football games happening over the yes, weekend. Yes, there are. Yep, college football playoffs happening, and we get the opportunity to talk to Telly Hughes from the Big Ten Network as well as Fox Sports Milwaukee. What does he think? Uh, the results will be of the two Big Ten teams in the college football playoffs. We'll get the answer on the other side. This is Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.